Welcome to Ryan Rants and Raves, a podcast series by the Quebec government office in New York. Bienvenue à Ryan Rants and Raves, une série de podcasts par le gouvernement du Québec à New York. Hello, hello everyone. Today I'm with Natalie Britt. She's at ArtStar. Um, she's great at doing collaborations and licensing. Um, and I'm really happy to chat shop with her. Natalie, um, thanks again for taking the time to chat with me. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you so much for having me. It's exciting to have this kind of conversation with you. And thank you for all the work that you do in connecting and working with the government and all the different amazing brands that you work with. Oh, thanks. Thanks for mentioning that. I'm very lucky. So, um, but I guess just to start, can you just introduce the audience about who you are and also just give a background who is ArtStar and what you guys do? Yeah, for sure. Um, I'm Natalie Britt. I'm the Director of Strategy and Marketing at ArtStar. I was born and raised in New York City, still living here. Artistar is based here in New York City. And I have always been interested in art, really, since I took my first art history course in high school. I mean, my mother was an artist. My family worked in fashion. So that aesthetic eye was always a part of kind of who I am. And then I continued that through college at Colgate in upstate New York and then at Hunter College for graduate studies um, back down here in New York City. So I have an art interest background and schooling as well. But then kind of the other side of my brain is I have this huge interest in business yeah. and specifically the consumer and the customer and what they want to see, what interests them, consumer reports. You know, I always wait for those to come out just to see the different <laughs> interesting insights. Like it's a nerdy side of me, but I find it really interesting. And there's almost a psychology to it, which I find cool. And then add an art to that. And I find that so inspiring. And so for Artistar, we are a global creative consultancy and basically we represent high profile legacy and contemporary artists and we manage their commercial projects globally so for most of our artists we are the exclusive worldwide representation for them so most notably we represent the keith herring studio and yep. the basia family so everything you see out in the world with keith herring or basia on it that goes through that's you guys office. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then we rep a variety of other high-profile estates. Um, so legacy artists like the Robert Maplethorpe Foundation, the estate of Tom Wesselman, and then also living artists like Kenny Scharf, like yeah. Michaeline Thomas, Chantal Martin, among others. And I'd say basically to what you said before is we work with brands and then we create artist edition product. So the core of our business are these collabs and we really work generally in the premium capsule collections area. Um, but, you know, I've been working with Uniqlo and we make 10,000 T-shirts and then with Proenza Schuller, you make 10 handbags. So it really runs the gambit across all product categories um, worldwide and My role at Artistar as kind of the director of strategy and marketing is I really work on curating these natural stories yeah. to tell between the artist and the brand, um, thinking about, okay, what does this artist embody? What's their ethos? What do their artworks look like? And then thinking about the different brands that we work with. What are their ethos? What does it look like? What does the customer want? What are the stories that they're looking to tell for the next couple of seasons? And then I try to strategize and figure out, okay, which artist makes the most sense to partner with which brand when why and then all that goes along with it yeah well you know i like you mentioned that you actually you are very careful about who you chat with for which artist because you're respecting the dna of each artist um and i think that's a great thing and you know what you guys do is good because it's a it's a natural way to share art is through doing this type of collaboration because it exposes it to a larger community of the artist's work 
Exactly. And that's so much of what we do with, especially our legacy artists that we work with, the estates and the foundations, because what they're trying to do, a big part of what they're trying to do is this idea of legacy building. So with the Basquiat estate, for example, it's run by Basquiat's two sisters. And the idea could be to educate this next generation about their brother, like Stimmer or a person who might not know who is Jean-Michel Basquiat, but then they go into Uniqlo and they're able to buy a t-shirt at an accessible price point. And they now then want to learn about it because they want to learn about the Pez dispenser dinosaur that's on their t-shirt. So (laughs) it's a a really organic way, natural way for people, mass people to understand or want to become interested in art, in an artist and just learn more. So it's really about education. And you guys just recently did a, um, a launch with with Longchamp. Which artist was that? Because I thought that was pretty cool. That came out what last week or was it this just week? Just a couple days ago. Yeah. Yeah, just so a couple days ago. Wow, well, it's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So the inaugural Robert Indiana licensing project debuted on Halloween um, in all doors, all stores at Longchamp, and it was really the story of this pop American artist and the iconic, you know, love artwork, yeah. but also this number series and you know. It was this bright and bold collaboration, and thus far we're seeing amazing reception. So that was we recently started working with the Robert Indiana State, um, the Morgan Art Foundation, and they have been incredible to work with. And obviously the art is so iconic. So I'm excited to see and to show you what's next. Yeah, no, I, I saw I saw that on Instagram. I thought it was really cool because I'm a fan of Longchamp, and so I thought that was a great product creation that with the artists that you guys did with the foundation. So um, congrats on that. Um, so I guess now to my next question. So what do you like working, I guess, with artists, whether that be the foundation or living artists? Like, what do you like about that? Other than your art background that you have in the art, you know, the love you have for artists. Yeah, I think it really depends on the artist, the foundation, the estate, my reasons. I think, yeah. you know, part of working with a living artist, my favorite part of that is doing studio visits. It's mm. going to where the artist is working, talking to them, thinking about them and their practice with them and getting their input because they still are alive and they can comment on their art, comment on what they want to do. So, you know, with someone like Kenny Scharf, he'll say, okay, I really want to do this project and I'm working on this body of art work. And then I can go out and kind of make that happen. And the gallery world is amazing. The museum and institution world is incredible. And the caliber of the art that's within them is amazing. But I think sometimes the piece that gets lost is this idea of accessibility. Yes, I agree. Um, And so in these product collaborations, I love working with artists because it's another door for people to access them, for more people to enter into that area of loving art, because I love art. And so I just want more people to understand it and feel like it's accessible. Because so often, you know, I'll invite someone like one of my friends to go to a museum and they'll say, oh, that kind of feels like a lot. Whereas, you know, for me going to a museum, you can pop in for an hour, just go see a couple of things and then come yeah. out. It doesn't need to be this huge kind of um big moment where you feel perhaps intimidated it can be lighter than that and it can be fun it can be invigorating it can be something you can wear or hold or sit on so working with artists who are alive I think it's really fun to help them get more people access to them and then with foundations and estates it's such a beautiful way for the foundation to uphold and build a legacy and so for example with the Keith Haring Foundation um, we work with the Keith Haring Studio which is the business arm of the Keith Haring Foundation and 
when Keith Haring was alive, he had the pop shop in downtown New York City. And so Keith would silk screen artworks on T-shirts and sell them. He saw that idea of commerce as a part of this culture that he was building around him and his artwork and his friends. You know, Kenny Scharf would come by, Basquiat would come by, and there'd be all these artists and musicians in this downtown New York setting, kind of the origination of uh, like the like street style and the yeah. concept, you know, the original Kith sort of. Um, and so for now the director of the Keith Haring studio, Gil Vasquez, who was a dear friend of Keith's during his lifetime in his final years, it's amazing to work with Gil and try to bring to life things that Keith might have wanted to do had he been able to yeah, live longer. So, so for example, you know, Keith was a huge Disney fan, Mickey Mouse in particular, and he made a ton of Mickey Mouse artworks where he interpreted the Mickey Mouse IP and made it his own. Um, and finally, a couple of years ago, we were able to broker a deal with Disney and do this amazing expression of this Keith Haring Mickey Mouse story, this idea of pop Americana coming together. And we expressed it with Coach. We expressed it with Bear Brick at Medicom mm -hmm. in Japan and, you know, all over the world in all different product categories so that it could reach many people. And so Keith's ethos of, you know, artists for everybody being able to do that. It makes me feel warm inside. It's it's yeah. it's really amazing. And not to mention it is a business, which, of course, is is a core is core to it all. And, you know, all of that good work that we do with the Keith Haring Studio directly funds the foundation and enables them to give all the amazing grants that they are able to do. So. Um, there's heart there, which yeah, I always it's very impactful. That's yeah. that's what's great. You, you, like you mentioned, it's a business, but you're very very democratic with the business for accessibility to everyone. So I guess now you kind of mentioned a great project with Disney, but um, what is your favorite project that you probably one of your favorites? That's probably it's hard, probably hard to choose a favorite, but is there one that comes to mind? Um, or did you did you already mention the one that came to mind? <laughs> no, I don't know. I mean, they're all they're all so different, which is part of why I love what I do. Is each project has its own nuances, its own challenges, its own moments of excitement. Um, but I think for me. There are a few that really stand out. One is our ongoing partnership with Uniqlo, um, just because it is such a long-standing partnership. Um, and they, Uniqlo, this big company, really sees the yeah. value in having fine art as a mainstay in their always-on collection. And the part of that project that I love is each season, I concept different stories for them to tell. And so I come up with all these stories about Keith Haring and Basquiat and sometimes Kenny Scharf for them to express. And I think yeah. that's really special that year after year, season after season, there's an interest. And I think specifically an interest in a different story. So for example, last year for the first time, Kenny Scharf was also included in the Uniqlo um, art story. And I concepted this idea of these pop art icons. And so it was this group of three friends, Keith Haring, Basquiat and Kenny Scharf coming together to create this pop icon pop art icon series um, that lived in Uniqlo's stores. So it was a Kenny Scharf skew, it was a Basquiat skew, it was a Keith Haring skew, and they included kids. And it was this fun way to tell that story. You know, the year before, I think there was a story where I curated all the assets from Keith Haring's first major exhibition. Um, and so Uniqlo did a story around that. So for me, those capsule stories are really fun to tell, um, especially art from artists who are no longer with us because it brings back some of that history. And then yeah. for a contemporary story, I mean, the Kenny Scharf Dior collaboration was really spectacular. I mean, for Dior to 
commissioned Kenny to create all of these custom artworks for there to be five collections dropped over two and a half years. There was, you know, the games collection, there was a full runway show, there was a, a kids collection, a Chinese New Year collection, and all featuring Kenny's bespoke artworks for this specific project to me shows the great overlap and interest in a contemporary artist today in creating product. And he thought he still thinks it's so cool. Like he'll walk into the Dior store and, you know, text Kim Jones, be like, Hey, I'm in the Dior store. I can't wait to get some new product, need a new suit. And it's, it's, it's an idea that Andy Warhol, I think popularized in that this idea of commercializing your art doesn't have to be bad. And I think there's, there's a stigma that can be put on artists sometimes who, you know, maybe someone might say like, oh, the artist sold out or whatever. But I think that's old news. Like, sure, maybe in the 50s that was the story. But in today's day and age, I think this idea of commercializing your art or popularizing your art, this idea of pop culture and pop art is to bring your art to the masses. And that, I think, is such a beautiful thing. And I think it's all really about intent. And like you mentioned, it's like the product that you create and you envision together. You know, if, if you're involved in like this is the product you're happy with, then it's the message of the artist is going to be relayed. If it's just like, oh, I'm not going to really pay attention to the product, take some, put it on a T-shirt and run away with it. That's where I think it gets a negative reputation, but intent. Yeah. And, you know, I think you guys are very careful about that intent being shared in the right way. So, um, yeah, and it's very specific. You know, we really tailor each project to each project we everything's on a case-by-case basis we look at each project differently with a different mindset through a different lens and so I think that also to your point like sometimes I think you know an icon on a t-shirt is a great thing um but in another context like we want it to be an all-over pattern with different textures and that's part of the whole collection so it really it depends and it's really case by case which again is why i find it exciting because everything's <laughs> so always newness always newness that that's what yeah. you need in life it's always newness um exactly. so now we have to speak about um quebec because they're my great employer canada well quebec more specifically but is there anything you want to mention about Goodall, canada or quebec like uh so i've been to quebec once And I found it to be the most beautiful place. So my grandfather and my aunt and my dad all speak French um, from France, not Quebec. But I remember going to Quebec, which is quite close to where I live. I mean, it's relative to, to Europe. And I think for me going there, it felt like it felt like it felt very homey. It felt like the people were welcoming. It felt like the people wanted to experience something they wanted to experience something that I had to offer me saying I'm from New York City wasn't like oh she's an outsider like get out of here it was more so like I was received with open arms and the conversations I had in coffee shops or at restaurants it felt like the people there were curious and interested um and of course being on the water it's it's just stunning so Okay, well, I'm glad you have good memories of it. So <laughs> a better answer for that. I don't know much about Quebec, to be no, honest. No, no, that's, that's perfect. That's perfect. That's that. I'm you. You know, you went to Quebec. That's already the first thing. There's some people who have never been there. So, and you know where it is. I have people who are like, oh, and is Toronto in Quebec? I said, no, Toronto's not Quebec. But <laughs> <laughs> so um, now um, I do want to say, like, do you have any advice to the in- industry at large, to the fashion or the art industry, or to those might who might be entering the industry? Oh, before I go there, can I talk about doggy bathroom? Oh, I fo- so I forgot about that. Yes, that was about Quebec. Yes, okay. Before we go there, yeah. So yeah, dog, let's talk about doggy bathroom because they're a great Quebec company. Um, and they're they the really reason why are. we know one another. So 
Yes, exactly. So Elaine over at Doggy Bathroom, um, Ryan, you connected us, I don't know, how many, like a year and a half ago, two years now, maybe? Something I yeah, like yeah that. I think so. I think, yeah, it's it with COVID, everything's a wash now. So it was it was during the COVID times. That's why I remember. Yeah. <laughs> and so I met with him and he has this incredible design background and he is filling this need in the market with such passion and design fervor that he he ended up partnering with Keith Herring Studio um, and creating this amazing doggy bathroom collaboration with that features Keith Herring artworks. And I think it is a great example of you know, it's a niche market, I would say at this point, but we're looking to grow it. And I think there's interest and we're seeing, you know, on social media and user generated content that the feedback is so strong. So for me, working with a small upstart company like Doggy Bathroom, kind of from almost the beginning um, is really exciting. And to sit with them and have a chat with them, I just had a business review with them a couple of weeks ago and to hear how they want to expand and how they want to grow and how the Keith Haring brand is a part of that now um, is really special. Well, and one thing I really like, and I think that's special about you guys is like, you know, you guys do work with those smaller brands, you know, like, and give someone like Doggy Bathroom to partner with a great artist, you know, while they're growing. So you grow with them. And I think that is something that's rare. I don't see that very often within the licensing world. So I think that's really a great thing that you guys do. Thank you. Yeah. And I think it's this idea of passion. I mean, when I first spoke with Elaine, I, I understood that he had a passion for design, a passion for yeah. art. And so, you know, we, we work on all these collaborations for sales numbers, of course, for the collaboration to make these artists money where they might not otherwise have a business. Um, but with Elaine, there was also this passion and we knew it was going to look good. And we knew that aligning Doggy Bathroom with the Keith Haring brand was a smart thing to do. Um, and to your point, like, you know, they were a small company, but everything's done on a case by case basis. Everything's specific. Yeah. We're a very human operation. You know, there we're at a small company here in New York City and everything passes across each of our desks. So it's it's a human situation, which allows us to work on these smaller cool projects that then might blossom and grow and bloom and then also work with, you know, the Uniqlo's of the world and yeah. continue that growth. And yeah, it's based off, you know, you mentioned like one of you guys is like themes is like, you know, art is democratic and should be accessible to everyone. So that's exactly what you're doing. It should be accessible to someone with that case that has that passion that resonates with the foundation or with the living mm -hmm. artist at hand. So exactly. I think, yeah. Um, all right. Well, now let's close. I guess to close, what advice do you have to anyone in the industry or just to the brand slash artists in general? I know it's very vague, yeah. it's a heavy question, but um, <laughs> I think to those entering the industry or even to go further, like before that, prior to entering the, entering the industry, Myself, I knew I had an interest in art. I knew I had an interest in business, but there was no one role that I could see that would play to those interests of mine. And so I found a small company where it was this amazing combination of those two things. And so I think to me, my advice would be to follow your passions. I know that's mm -hmm. a luxury and I know that following your inspiration, if it's, you know, picking daisies in a field, that might be one thing. But if there is one piece of advice, I think it's to follow your passion and work hard at it. Because if you put enough energy in one direction and back up your passion with 
hard work, time, commitment, curiosity, um, it'll benefit you. And then I think for those in the industry, remain curious. I think I hear a lot, oh, there's so much Keith Haring out there. My gosh, like you guys are doing a lot with a little bit of a negative tilt sometimes. Mm -hmm. Um, I think with that, I would push back and say, okay, on the first hand, I think it's great that it's all out there, that it is accessible, that this art is for everybody. And on the second hand, that's only a tiny portion of the art that Keith Haring made. That's only a tiny part of the story. So I'd push those people to set, to be curious and to ask more questions and say, okay, there is all this, but is there more? Are there other ways of putting this out there? And I think that tracks across any industry, you know, from a government perspective, you know, how can we be more open? How can we be better from a business perspective? What are the different areas of the market that are interesting? What are the areas of the market that are going to grow? So asking those questions, being curious and genuinely interested to learn more about whatever the topic is, I think is a, uh, a rule I'll try to live by. No, I, I really like that asking the questions. It's always good to dig deeper, you know, because then you really know fully what's what's going on and then you can learn and make your judgment from there. It's never good to make a judge a book by its cover. So um, great. Well, Nani, merci beaucoup. C'était vraiment un plaisir. And then um, I know we'll be in touch shortly then. Thank you so much. This was so much fun. Hope to be on again sometime. And I can't wait to see the final product. Merci d'avoir écouté Ryan's Rants and Raves. Suivez-nous sur Instagram at Ryan's Rants and Raves. Thank you for listening to Ryan's Rants and Raves. Follow us on Instagram at Ryan's Rants and Raves. À très bientôt.